Let's welcome into the program from the uh, podcast Locked on Blue Devils. We say good morning to J.J. Jackson. J.J., good morning. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, fellas. Excited to be on the program with you guys and uh, excited to be talking about some basketball games coming up this weekend at this portion of the year because, that well, that means Duke made it to the last weekend of the year. Let's talk about that. Let, let's start right there. First of all, talk about this basketball team and, and how these kids and, and young men have navigated what, what has to have been a, a difficult situation with, with Coach K's last year. There's so much attention uh, on, on Coach K's last year, and rightfully so. But, man, I would think that that has been a, a difficult task for these young men. Yeah, I certainly can't imagine what they're being asked to go through, and I've had the opportunity and the joy of, of trying to talk about it every single day this whole season on the podcast, Locked On Blue Devils, and just the pressure already to play at a program like Duke with the expectations that are there, but then understanding that Mike Krzyzewski announces back in June that this is going to be his final season. Inherently, I just think that's going to be more pressure added to a Blue Devil basketball team, knowing that he's going to want to go out on top. Those players, some of them that have been there for him for a couple of seasons, are going to want to send him out on top, uh, not to mention the past few years where uh, COVID-19 took away the NCAA tournament, and then last year for the first time in 25 seasons, Duke did not make the tournament. You talk about pressure, I feel like they were feeling it uh, for the majority of the season. Now, throughout the year, for the most part, you really didn't notice that because they were playing really good basketball. You know, we had the conversation about whether or not the ACC was down as a league or not. And then all of a sudden we've got three conference teams in the Elite Eight. And Duke kind of ran through the conference and the gauntlet there. They had really impressive non-conference wins in November, first game of the season over Kentucky. And then they beat Gonzaga in Las Vegas by four points. So it's always been the most talented team in America. It just hasn't always been uh, the most consistent play from the Blue Devils. But, uh, man, they're playing their best basketball at the right time, and that's what you want to see going into this weekend. When did this team start getting that consistency you were looking for? Really, the NCAA tournament here, I'll be honest. I mean, uh, there were stretches throughout the year. They had a couple of good runs in ACC play, but there would always be some slip-ups. Surprisingly, this season and Coach K's final year at Cameron Indoor, Duke lost three games at home, which is really uncharacteristic. And obviously, people want to talk about that last game uh, to North Carolina, and we'll be talking about that game forever, quite honestly. And uh, just to lose that game, you know, the idea of having 100 former players over there to the side, I couldn't stop watching those former players during that game and, and saying, oh, my gosh, all these Duke legends are here watching us play this basketball game. I just can't imagine what that was like for the Duke players out there on the floor. But uh, in terms of the consistent play that we've seen here in the NCAA tournament, uh, obviously you were able to get past Cal State Fullerton in the first round. Michigan State, the offense, uh, was getting pretty much every shot that they wanted to at the rim. And Duke wasn't taking too many shots from the outside because they were having so much success. And then down by five with five minutes to go against the Spartans in the round of 32, they just locked it down. They started playing great defense. Uh, and, and sharing the ball with one another. And then uh, this past weekend, they were absolutely on their A game, knocking off Texas Tech, who everybody had favored to win that game, which I'm still kind of curious about to this day. Uh, and then a big one over Arkansas to make it to the Final Four. J.J., obviously when you think of Duke, you're going to immediately think of players like Banchero and Roach. But are the Blue Devils in this position without uh, Mark Williams and uh, Wendell Miles Jr.? 
No, not at all. I mean, those two guys are, are really good players for this Duke team. Both guys are, are, are five-star players that just did not have uh, their time come after one season. They had to come back for a, another few seasons. And for the case of Wendell Moore Jr., this is his third year. These guys talked about not making it to the NCAA tournament in 2020 because the whole thing was canceled. And then last year, Duke had a down year with the freshman class coming together. And so for Wendell Moore Jr., he's the captain of this basketball team from Charlotte. He grew up his whole life getting to watch Duke basketball and, and dreaming about the day that he could be a part of an NCAA tournament run for him. And his leadership has been just outstanding. And he's one of the best defensive players. It's funny you brought both of those guys up together because they're the two representatives for Duke on the all-conference defensive team for the ACC. And then Mark Williams wins defensive player of the year, 7-1-7-2 with the 7-7 wingspan. I mean, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be trying to go to the rim and, and score on Mark Williams. He has been absolutely dominant uh, on the offensive end. His game has progressed this season. And, uh, yeah, you, you talk about uh, Bancaro for the majority of the season. And then Roach has really picked it up of late in March Madness. But the more – and Williams have had just as good of seasons throughout the entire year. We're talking with J.J. Jackson. He uh, is the host of Locked on Blue Devils podcast. The uh, And, J.J., you mentioned a moment ago that you felt like this team kind of came together and really gelled at, at the when the tournament started. Was there something specific that happened? Was it a Coach K rotation decision? Was there something in the in the locker room? Was there can you can you put your finger on something that that happened to to really gel this basketball team and, and really take it to the next level like you talked about? Yeah, a couple of things. I think obviously this team was a little disappointed by how they played in the ACC tournament championship game against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had a uh, a guard who averages eight points on the season go off for thirty one and not miss from the three point line until you know the final two minutes of the game when the game was already out of hand. So uh, I think that was a bit of a reality check for the Duke team. And then obviously right before that, a couple of days before, uh, you had them lose that last game at home. To North Carolina, but for the Stoop team, Jeremy Roach has kind of been in and out of the starting lineup. There are six guys that you're going to see get the majority of the minutes for the Stoop team, and Roach would either start or come off the bench, and he would be interchanged with Trevor Keels, who was a high school teammate of his at St. Paul the Sixth there in Virginia. And so Roach comes back into the starting lineup, and there were parts of the season where everyone was questioning the point guard play because you just hadn't really seen it out of Jeremy Roach. Well, he has decided to play his best basketball at the right time of the year. Every Duke team that's won the national championship has had incredible guard play at that point guard spot. We always talk about every team in America that wins the national championship. I mean, my word, how many great guards did that Baylor team have a season ago that you guys were covering all year long that, that won it all. So for Roach to be playing his best basketball after being inserted into the starting lineup and kind of being their closing guy, the guy with the ball in his hands at the end of the game, when a lot of people think it's going to be Paulo Bencaro, who's going to be a top three pick, Roach kind of surprises you uh, as a, a five-star that's in his sophomore year, takes over and, and gets crucial buckets for the Blue Devils. So I kind of point to that as of late. Does this semifinal have a chance to be one of the highest scoring final fours in history? Yeah, I mean, it, it has a chance of, of being the highest, whatever metric you want to put it out there uh, in NCAA tournament history. I still haven't fully processed it myself. I mean, uh, being a native of the state of North Carolina my whole life, 
grown up around the rivalry, and here we are getting set to, to play Duke and North Carolina for a chance to go to the national championship game. I mean, Mike Krzyzewski is going to go up against the Tar Heels for the 100th time in his career. He is 50-49 and 49 all time against the guys from Chapel Hill. So Coach K will either go out with the 500 record or, or two wins above that mark and, and moving on to the, uh, the national championship game. I think all the eyeballs in the world are going to be on that second semifinal that's played on Saturday night. And, and obviously you talk about scoring offenses. Duke led the conference in offense this season. They can get shots at the rim anytime they want to. And North Carolina is playing their best basketball at the right time of the season as well. And they scored 94 on Duke and Cameron Indoor. So uh, Caleb Love, Brady Manick have played well um, against Duke this season. And Armando Baycott, obviously, on the inside is going to be a big factor. Duke did knock off the Tar Heels by 20 in Chapel Hill earlier in the year, and they were kind of able to take Baycott out of the game, which led to uh, some stagnant offense from the Tar Heels. So I think Duke's going to try to duplicate that game plan. Kind of, I want to go into that. So Duke right now is averaging over 40 points in the paint. Do you see that, you know, being the case with Baycott? Or, I mean, what do they do to to take him out of that game? Yeah, no, I I still think they're going to attack the paint. I mean, I think obviously they're going to try and want to get Armando Baycott in foul trouble, but the beauty of uh, kind of the points in the paint that Duke's had. Their guys are just so good at driving to the rim. And um, look, they're going to have a, a, a total points throughout the season. We've seen five players projected to go in the first round of this upcoming draft, and that's only happened once before with a Kentucky team a few seasons ago. And so uh, whether it's it's Brooks, who we talked about earlier, or uh, Wendell Moore Jr. or A.J. Griffin, who will be a top-ten pick that not much of America is talking about, son of an NBA coach, uh, he'll be uh, able to attack the rim and that sort of thing. But when you've got Baycott on the inside, Brady Manick uh, isn't the most frightening fella down there on the post. Don't get me wrong. That's the guy's uh, incredible shooter as, as Big 12 country saw in his years in Norman. But Mark Williams and Paula Bencaro has kind of been able to get what they want to offensively against Manick. So I still think with Baycott there in the middle, Duke's going to find success on the interior. JJ, last thing I have for you, and we've talked a little bit about Roach here and there, but is he at his best in transition, and how will that play out against this North Carolina team? Yeah, I, I think he absolutely is. I think a lot of these Duke players play better when the pace is, is kind of up a little bit, but uh, also we've seen Duke kind of slow it down at times to try to make sure they get good offensive success. I think just offensively, the Duke team can do whatever they want to this season, which has been a whole lot of fun to watch. Uh, and the defense, for the most part, has been really good. I, I think we're going to see just an all-time classic on Saturday. I know a lot of Duke fans and, and, and Duke basketball lovers are already getting nervous, and I know that's the same on the Tar Heel side of things. So I, I think we could absolutely see another uh, high-scoring track meet type game, given that uh, both of these teams have very short benches at this portion of the season. You mentioned the game in Cameron Indoor. North Carolina did not make a single substitution in the second half of the game at Cameron Indoor, which still is mind-boggling to me that they were able to put up 94 points on the scoreboard. And uh, there were times where Duke was playing good defense. You just got to tip the cap to the shots that North Carolina was making. So absolutely thrilled to see the Final Four game being played on Saturday. The greatest rivalry in college basketball finally gets an NCAA tournament matchup, and I can't wait for it. Hey, J.J., uh, what do you got uh, coming up on your podcast, Locked on Blue Devils? And, and uh, tell us how we can get it. Yeah, no, I certainly appreciate you guys bringing that up. We're getting ready to uh, all week long. We're previewing Duke of the Final Four, talking X's and O's, 
uh, talking with our on Tar Heel host across the way, my buddy Isaac Shade. So, a uh, good crossover perspective there as we get set for a really big game coming up. Locked on Blue Devils, locked on whatever your team is, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube every single day. And yesterday, yesterday, Locked on Baylor officially was able to relaunch with our guy Drake Toll taking over the show. So I know we've got probably some Bear fans listening to the show right now. We do have a Locked on podcast, 25, 30 minutes. Every single day after you get done listening to this great radio show, uh, hit up those guys to listen for more uh, coverage and that sort of thing. So appreciate the invite, guys. You bet, JJ. Thanks so much for your time and uh, enjoy the game. And we appreciate uh, we appreciate visiting with you this morning. All right, we'll do. Talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. That is uh, JJ Jackson.